What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. All right, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. Listen, I'm your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so glad you're listening today. And I welcome all of you who are new to Behind the Grind. We're excited that you decided to tune in and to tap in uh, to this particular episode. Listen, I say it each week. It's our goal to bring you real conversations from real people like you and I that are about their grind. And this week, I'm excited to share with you a very special guest. Um, This particular episode, I've been holding on to for quite some time, and I'm excited to share with you the individual I have in the grind seat. uh, I go way back uh, to some times back in corporate America. And uh, I recognized the grind back then, and I still see the grind today. And I said, you know what? I have to sit down with her, and I have to share with my audience uh, someone who has definitely made an impression on my life and has uh, definitely shown me how the grind really works. And so with that being said, without further ado, let's just jump into this conversation with my guest, Jennifer Jones of Coco Buttery, right here on Behind the Grind. Let's get it. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so excited to bring you another fascinating conversation. You know, right here on Behind the Grind, we talk to entrepreneurs that are about their grind. And I'm so excited. I must admit, I'm so excited to bring you my guest uh, this week in the Behind the Grind seat. Is an individual who had a huge impact on my career. Um, seen the grind right from the the get-go right from the start her and her husband have done such a phenomenal job they both have had huge impacts on my life and so today I'm so glad that she uh, accepted an an opportunity to sit down with me here on behind the grind and so without further ado I want to introduce everybody to my guest Jennifer Jones welcome to behind the grind thank you for having me and it is so wonderful to reconnect with you Yes. You know, again, like I said, this is just a a fascinating thing. When I go through my journey and I think about my career and some people who I've seen, you know, when I talk about this grind, I think about people who have really done that. People who come to mind is you and your husband. The grind is definitely there. And, And there was also other people that we met along the way in the journey. But you two definitely have come to mind. And so I'm so glad to uh, have this opportunity to share with my audience uh, some of the things that you've done and some of the things that you have done to to even impact other people's lives in a leadership role. And so with that being said, can you tell my audience a little bit about you, a little bit about your product and your service that you offer? 
Absolutely. And again, thank you for having me. So everyone, my name is Jennifer Jones. I am the founder and also the formula creator behind Cocoa Buttery, which is an all-natural skincare company that I started four years ago, but I've actually been making this product for 21 and a half years. Um, I started making it for my own child who was born with extreme eczema. And like any good mom, I wanted to find an alternative that was natural for her instead of putting uh, steroids on like two-thirds of her body at the time. Um, and then as I was making it over the course of the years, people have been like, oh, you should sell this, you should sell this. And I was like, ah, I just make it from a baby. But four years ago, I went ahead and stepped out on faith and decided to make it available for the world. But, you know, it was a year ago that I walked away from corporate America, which is where I actually met you. And um, I am a, a mother. I'm a wife. I have three lovely daughters, Ivana, 23, Bianca, 22, and Peyton, 9. And have a little puppy running around here. Well, he's not really a puppy. He's 14. And um, as I mentioned, I'm a wife also. And so um, as a business owner with all of those things, I got a lot on the plate, but it's a good thing. Well, it's, it's, it's so good to, to hear your journey and just to see the, the, the constant evolution of your journey, too, to see all the things that has happened since the last time we really were connected. It's been a while, so we're going to have to bring our listeners a little bit into what I was describing and in, in, in the grind that I saw, you know, so many years ago. But we'll get there. Um, but let's let's start here um, in the aspect of, like I said, when I met you, you were working. We were working in corporate America, bank and in the banking system. And um, when I was introduced to you, um, I saw banking in a whole nother way. You know, we I came into more of the standard type of banking and it was seen a certain kind of way. But when you arrived on the scene, you were doing some things that was definitely different. Um, but you were helping us develop and grow in the space of uh increasing our productivity and business and banking and loans and, and deposits, all that. Tell us, how did that come? How did that come about? <laughs> um, the cliff note version is when I came to the bank, I came out of the entertainment industry. And so I kind of was already different coming into the banking world as it was. And I was given um, my uh, my comp plan and I sat there with a highlighter and I read it. How am I going to maximize my earnings? And I saw what my goals were, and I had a savings account goal of 250 savings accounts for a month. And I was like, how am I going to get that? And so my original thought was, well, if I have an event that brings people together to talk about the importance of saving for your children, then we could get, you know, maybe 50. We got 270 that day. And so it made the executives in the bank come to me and say, like, how, what, where, and who? And um, so when we put those kind of things together, um, I created my own role, which at the time was um, an outside sales kind of um, uh, manager, and then it became a group banking relationship officer. And so they actually ended up creating an entire line of business based on something that I did to get a goal which was extraordinary in hindsight, right? But um, at the time, it was just like, okay, but how are you going to pay me? That was all I knew. I knew that I was changing careers. I was um, a single mom at the time and needed to find a way to maximize my earnings. And so that was my driving force. 
And um, so when we came time to come to Michigan, which is where I happened to meet you, we were doing a transition of the culture of one bank to the culture of another, and at the same time getting the brand out there. And so the best way to do that was kind of a grassroots pop-up style. Um, and so in the, the terminology of today, it was pop-up shops for the bank. And so that's really what we're doing, right? We were having pop-up shops at all these places and then kind of quantifying it to what are the target areas that we should do those pop-up shops. And so that's what I did. And, and, and so I would want to say, like I said, we're coming out of a traditional world and you guys, you know, you're introducing this to us. Uh, you were able to get a whole culture involved. You had momentum moving. We were doing something we had never done before. We were outside of our comfort zone, you know, from our shirt and tie and suits. We were actually out on the street really uh, getting involved and enjoying what we love to do. And so I thought that was just simply amazing. Um, you you guys, like I said, made a, a huge impact. So let's go back a little bit. You know, I think we were talking a little bit about this um, in the conversation earlier. Um, you didn't didn't go to school for, I guess, banking. You didn't go to school for business, per se. Tell us a little bit about the journey that got you to that point. And then we're going to fast forward here to to what you're doing now. But let's talk about these th- these things that set you up. OK, so I went to school for nursing um, and. So let me let me preface it with this. Life is full circle. And sometimes you hit these obstacles or these dead ends and it seems like failure. But really, it's like you learned what you need to learn from that. And it's time to move on. So I went to nursing school and at the time and I'm going to date myself. But as long as I don't look at that's fine. Um, 1995, I am a nurse. I hadn't yet taken my state boards. I had some things I needed to do, but I was able to start my job. So I worked at University of Pennsylvania Hospital, and I was there for a week. And within that week, I saw something you're not supposed to see. And at the time, um, there was the transition between private-owned entities and the insurance industry kind of owning healthcare and the healthcare industry making the changes that we see now. And so they were scrambling, trying to figure out how we were going to get paid to help this particular patient. And in the interim, all I saw was, it's not a person sitting here, it's money sitting here. And it didn't feed well to the core of who I am, which is I want to help people. And I walked outside, I went to make a phone call to call my dad and say, Daddy, I'm not going to be a nurse. And at the time with a payphone, I borrowed a quarter from a coworker, the payphone ate my quarter and so I didn't have any more change and the closest location for me to get to to use the phone was my friend's art gallery and while I was at the art gallery um, I sat on the floor with him talking to his mother who I grew up with them they knew my family they know my father they know the whole like the brags don't quit right Um, so how am I going to tell my dad I quit how am I going to tell him like I quit right um and so that, uh, that conversation turned into another career move for me, which plays a role in now because it took me to entrepreneurship, to acting, to promoting. Um, I ended up making a commercial for the art gallery, which took me on a whole other journey to the theater and to television. And so now um, as an entrepreneur and having to be in front of a camera, that plays a role in owning a skincare company, having gone to nursing school, I understand I understand the human body and how skin responds to different ingredients. And I took a lot of chemistry, so I know how to make my products. Um, <laughs> wow, full circle, wow. Full circle, right? And then, um, <laughs> you know, having that entrepreneurial journey and the things that I did for um, event creation transitioned into the bank. And so all of that kind of 
made me who I am, gave me the experiences, gave me the connections, gave me the understanding, but it also made me ask different questions. Yeah. So, I mean, I get, and when I listen to this story again, like I said, we, I met you after all of this, didn't even realize how this took place. Uh, you were, like you said, you had your own TV show. Uh, you're, you're, were you actually starring on Broadway or you're working on Broadway? Oh, no, I was, I played the lady in green in the revival of For Colored oh, Girls Who Considered Suicide <laughs> When the Rainbow is Enough. So, uh, Entezaki Shange is the writer of that. It was the very first African-American choreo poem ever to be on Broadway in the 70s. And I had the privilege of doing the revival. That's awesome. Wow. So, yeah. So, so Lady in Green, uh, this is awesome. So, you, you went to Hampton, right? Hampton uh, yes. HBCU, right? So, yes. all of this experience that you have. Uh, now we're going to fast forward, right? So now you have, you know, obviously you've gone from the banking, worked in other different corporate spaces. I mean, we're talking executive level uh, roles. We're not talking about <laughs> front end roles. We're talking about high executive level roles. So now I want to talk to my entrepreneurs because we have individuals out there that may be in corporate America and maybe debating on whether they should go into entrepreneurship or not. Is this something that they should do? My question to you is how do you go from a, a high executive role to saying, hey, I'm going to go off and do an entrepreneur? Because it looks like things were going really well in the yes. corporate space. <laughs> they were. Um, that, was a, that was a good paycheck I walked away from. Um, yeah. I, so, first, <laughs> so don't slide past that. Don't, sli- don't slide past it. No, I, no I, don't I, slide past it. That well. was a paycheck. So you, we're talking true faith here. We're not talking about, hey, you know, I lost a job or this is just something I want to do. You walked away from a, a nice paycheck to do entrepreneurship. Talk about it. <laughs> okay. So I'm not ashamed to give praise. And I do not mince my words when it comes to my creator. And God speaks to me and I listen. That said... Um, there are a couple of competing factors happening all at the same time. So let me say this. I loved my job. I loved my company. Um, I loved being in a leadership role. I enjoy the emotional paycheck you get from taking somebody from A to B. I love that. That is the part that gives me joy. When um, the pandemic happened, I got a different outlook on what is most important. Because during that time, what I saw was celebrity doesn't matter. Money doesn't really matter. Um, It does to a degree, right? But money doesn't really matter. That's not what is most important. What is most important was my family and my health and my connection to humans. That was most important. And at the same time, um, as I mentioned, um, God speaks to me and I listen and I know how he talks to me. And so as all these things are happening and I'm making my decision and I had been in business at the time for three years and doing that juggle of it's a side business to, oh, it's getting a little bigger to, oh, I got to use my lunch hour (laughs) to shift things to, wait a minute, my job's getting in the way of my business. Um, Those things are happening. We're through all of that. Right. And I'm seeing it and I'm like seeing it. But, yeah, you know, I, I live in California. I live in Northern California. Just Google it. You need a paycheck. So I'm seeing all these things happen. I also spent so many years in finance, I did the math. So I knew how much I needed to make to walk away. And I also knew how much I needed to invest in order to grow my brand to, um, to take care of that. 
So as those things are happening, my father calls me and tells me that he's got cancer again for the fourth time. And could I make him, he wants a Tupperware. Can you make me a Tupperware jar full of cocoa buttery, babe? And no, there's not an old man. That's his lot in life. He, he gets it, he beats it, he gets it, he beats it, he gets it, he beats it. It's what he does, right? So he's got it again. So what's the fight, right? Um, what do we need to do? So when you go through chemotherapy, when it comes back out of your body, it comes out of your skin. It does terrible things. There's literally a terminology called chemo skin. So my father says, can you make me a Tupperware jar full, baby? Absolutely, daddy. At the end of this conversation, he says, you know, life is short and it's precious. Everything is numbered down to the hairs on your head. My expectation is for you to live the rest of your days living in your purpose. Mm -hmm. So then I had to sit there and think to myself, well, what's that? What's my purpose? And so as I go back into corporate America the next couple of days, I have some... um, Interactions with customers that reminded me that that wasn't my purpose. And this is not the place for it, but they were extremely negative. And they took me to a place where I literally had to control my thoughts, my words, and my actions so that I didn't catch a case. So in knowing that, right? So I was like, okay. And as I'm coming back, people are... Um, blowing up my Instagram and my website because there's the extra showers and hand washing taking place and feeling like your skin is falling off. And somebody recommended this and somebody recommended that. And if you have eczema or dry skin or sensitive skin, the extra showers you're taking, the extra hand washing is tearing you up. And so somebody would recommend and recommend and recommend. And what I saw was my purpose was to continue to make toxin-free products for people who suffer from eczema and dry skin and sensitive skin and chemo skin because they're suffering the most during this time. And I have something that's not available on the shelves that I'm not allowed to say heals, but we'll say um, repairs, regenerates, and rejuvenates the issues you may find in your skin. I also found that um, the ingredient-conscious community evolved. Right, So those that pay special attention to what goes on and in their bodies, they also were looking for these alternatives. Like, wait a minute, I'm reading ingredients and I can't put this on me. What is this and what is that? And when you come to Cocoa Buttery, not only do you recognize the ingredients, you can pronounce them. And you could eat it. I don't recommend it, but you could eat it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. This is amazing. So that... You're explaining the story, right? Understanding, like you said, the timing, your purpose, and in this particular pandemic, obviously everybody is, you know, was was scattering to figure out so many different things because of everything popping off. You literally have in your possession a product, a service that really met the needs of the people at that time. Is that what I'm hearing? Wow! And you started this long time ago. Like this was just something to to solve. Right, just to help your your daughter, correct? <laughs> wow, amazing story. Wow. And so what is what has been the uh, response? You know, like you said, the uh, the people have definitely been looking for it, but what has been the response from people now that they that they're using the product and service? Like what's the biggest thing that you're hearing the most from um clientele and customers? The biggest thing I hear is thank you. 
Um, I hear people say, I've been looking my entire life for something. I hear people say, my baby finally slept through the night. I hear people say, I haven't been able to wear a tank top or a tube top in years because of the skin that's in a particular area. Um, I hear people that say, I'm glowing and I'm not ashy. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, it, just, it, it does make, um, it does make you look like the sun kissed you. Um, but the people who have a skin issue, when they go someplace, there's always something that dries their skin or irritates their skin. And when you think holistically, I just want to be comfortable in my skin. I don't want to have to like try and find a discreet way to scratch. You know, I don't want to have to find an outfit that covers this particular area of my skin. Like I just want to be comfortable in it. And for those who suffer from eczema and psoriasis and things, um, not only is it internal and a diet thing, there's also a burning sensation and an irritation and an itching and a bumpy. And, and depending on where it is, there's some self-esteem and some ego that goes along with that. And so when and my daughter had it on her face. Like I'm looking at my pretty little baby and people are like, oh, she's so pretty, but what's that on her eye? And, you know, how am I going to have my child grow up and not be able to be confident with her face, right? So um, what I hear from people is ultimately the reason that it started because I just wanted my baby to have healthy skin. It is your largest organ. Um, it takes 26 seconds for what you put on your skin to get into your bloodstream. That I learned in nursing school. Um, and so <laughs> when you know that, right, you know that. And you go to the store and you trust these brands and you trust. Can I say Eucerin? Because everyone who has eczema uses Eucerin. You trust Eucerin. Get rid of your eczema. And the primary ingredient is water. And the secondary ingredient is alcohol. How is that helping you? Right. And so I was upset because I'm looking at this for my baby and I'm not the only mom feeling like that. You know, it's it's hard enough bringing a person in the world. and You're expected to take care of this little person. And then now you're like, well, what can I put on them? Because they tell me don't do anything because it's a baby. Right. Don't put anything on them. And they're just the baby products. But even the baby products are riddled with chemicals. And um, so what I hear from people is finally something I can pronounce. Finally, something I can get behind. That's it. Wow, this is amazing. I, I, I mean, again, I, I love to see you in this space of entrepreneurship. Like I said, I've always seen that hustle, that grind, and, you know, definitely being able to be leading your own um, product line, your own brand. I can see how this thing works. And you, you mentioned earlier, full circle. You kept bringing that out. And I, I like that theme. I think this is something we all should see. Not to dismiss the things that we go through, the experiences that we have, because pretty much everything you've talked to kind of speaks to where where you are today. Like you've, you've talked about the nursing, you've talked about you've talked about um, your experience of like how I met you with the marketing, the branding. All of this is now playing a huge role in your own endeavors right now. Would you say? Yes, it was all preparation. It was all. It was my. Um, preparation for now. And I think when you are going through things, you don't necessarily categorize them for the learnings that you need for your ultimate station in life. It is, 
why did I fail? Why did I hit this wall? Why did I hit this obstacle? Instead of like, okay, I'm done learning that lesson. How do I need to apply that lesson to the next phase of my life? And when you step away from yourself and really take a look at like, why did I do that? And then it changed. And why did I do the next thing? And then it changed. But you learn something, take everything that you learned and apply it to the next stage and the next stage. And then ultimately, when you end up at that portion of your life where you are in your purpose, or at least on the prepices of it, did I say that right? Um, Predipice. No, it sounds good to me. Yeah, when you're on that, when you're on the edge of it, um, make sure you are including all of the portions of your life that have taught you something, what to do, what not to do. You could have had the most terrible manager in the history of all managers, but did you learn what not to do from them? Right. So I think it's really important to take your learnings, take your lessons, put them in your mental rolodex of of knowledge, and then apply it to each area of your life, and then you know everything else is easy that's awesome now i've got to ask some questions here because like i said what what is this about you you know you, you this 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 and, I, and of course my show is called the grind and i'm not saying that you you look like you're out here sweating and grinding oh, i'm, I'm out here have, grinding. <laughs> <laughs> but you have such an internal drive um that 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 keeps you going what do you think that comes from what what what, what makes you uh go at it like you go at it and, and, and relentless in the way in your pursuit of, of finding something out like going back to even you just describing how you came up with something you were like relentless of figuring this out hey there's got to be a solution what is that drive what's behind your grind <laughs> God is behind my grind and all with me um, I think though I've been in touch with myself for a really long time I know what I'm capable of um, I think I understand what my assets are. I understand what my strengths are um, in any area where I've got opportunity for growth. I'm not weak. I don't have weaknesses, but I do have opportunities for growth. I have opportunities for learning. And I'm not afraid to learn. I'm also not afraid to ask questions. Um, And a lot of people, I think that's what gets in their way is not wanting to ask questions to have the um, appearance of not knowing. Everyone likes to be the expert. I'm very comfortable not being the expert. I like to be in rooms where I'm not the smartest person. If I am in a room where I am the smartest person, I leave that room. That is not the right room. I need to learn. Um, And I think lastly, not being afraid of success and not being afraid of failure. People think there's one or the other, but I'm not afraid of success and I'm not afraid of failure. If I And I'm going to fail fast. Can you elaborate on that? Not afraid of, I've never heard it said like that. I, I can't say I never heard it said like that, but it's interesting you saying that. Not, a fail, not afraid of success. Can you elaborate on that? What does that mean? Well, success comes with a whole nother set of rules and a whole nother set of obligations. And I'm not afraid of those rules and I'm not afraid of the obligations. And once you achieve a certain level of success, other people put expectations on you. That's where I put the blocker. Um, The expectations that are set for Jennifer Jones are set by Jennifer Jones. And... Yeah, you can't put any expectations on me. 
that's yours. Don't give that to me. Keep that over there. The expectations that are set for Jennifer are set by Jennifer. And I also believe that within every single one of us, there is greatness, different levels of greatness, obviously. Um, Everyone on a pro basketball team is great at basketball. There's maybe one or two people that are better than the others, but they're all great. And those that are a little bit better than the others, those are the ones that are not afraid of their own success. They're not afraid to apply that 212-degree philosophy to everything they say and do. And um, you, do you remember the 212-degree philosophy? I, vaguely, but I do remember. <laughs> that started with you and your team. Um, <laughs> So just quickly, if I can breeze over that um, 212 degree philosophy is that at 212 degrees is one extra degree, right? So 211 degrees, water is really, really hot. You can't put your hand in it. But one degree extra, the water boils, it creates steam, and then the steam is powerful enough to move a train. So how can you apply one extra degree of effort to change the trajectory of what you're doing in your life? And so that philosophy lives within me in everything that I do. And um, applying those things helps me to achieve my own level of success. Um, The last thing is I don't believe in perfection. I do believe in excellence. And so excellence is real. Excellence exists. And if you strive for excellence, you're always going to do really, really well, right? That's awesome. All right, before we get out of here, um, you know, who who would you say are uh, people... Uh, let's say a person that is alive, I'm kind of switching a little bit, a person that's alive that you look up to, a person that has uh, passed away that you look, uh, you know, you've looked up to, and a person um, that no one knows about that you look up to. Who can you share with? Who are those people that you can share with us? So the person who passed away um, that I looked up to most recently was my grandmother, Lottie Bragg fantastic individual. She lived for 90 solid years and she did life She did life right. Um, she was married to the same man for two days shy of 70 years. Um, she, same man, 70 years. Um, she raised her children, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren and lived to see her great-great-grandson Um, owned homes, traveled the world, had several degrees, and um, was well-known in the church and in the community. She did life right. And she is where I got the terminology that perfection is not real, but excellence is, and not to let people put expectations on you, put expectations on yourself. Um, She just recently passed away, and I feel her all around me on a regular basis. Um, The person that is alive that um, I look up to that had a great impact on me, um, I'd say is my father and my mother, um, but most recently my father. I'm a daddy's girl. I am. I am a daddy's girl. I can tell. (laughs) I am. My mother and I are really great friends. I never knew that you could give birth to your best friend, but she did it and then I did it. Um, My mother is my best friend. And um, But my father guides me in a way that's very different. He teaches me through biblical wisdom and through experience, and he tells me stories that help drive me and get through the matrix of life and finance and um, business and motherhood, wife, like all of that stuff. Um, the person who 
um, impacted me that I don't really um, speak about is actually a group. It's not a one. I am privileged to be one of seven women that is in this sisterhood that every woman should have. We have been together uh, for well over 25 years. We have helped each other and watched each other become women. We uh, we took our tests together like, ooh, there's a baby coming. Um, we had our first kiss on our date with our boyfriends that turned husbands. Um, we have helped each other navigate through life. We hold each other accountable. There is no um, jealousy. There's no envy. There is only support and uplift. There is a constant reminder of um, how far we've come from where we started together. And so that group of women, um, I would not be who I am or where I am without them. They are the, the, the ladies I became a woman with. We were girls, like wow, girls. It's a sisterhood. Yeah. Yes, it is a sisterhood. And there are seven of us. Sisterhood accountability. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Wow. And you've 25 years, you said. 25 years. 25 years. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I'm coming up. With- <laughs> it's weird. Wow. Hey, we, we won't discuss ages on, on here. Not on the behind. You know why I discuss the age? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not one of those women uh-huh. that says, oh, I'm 21 again. No, I don't look 21. Uh-huh. I certainly don't look like I'm about to be 50. Because I take good no, care no. of myself. And it's not the whole um, black don't crack. Because if you if you do crack, you're black or crack. No. Um, <laughs> no, there is, there is something to taking yeah. care yourself. And there's also something to celebrating each milestone of life. I am healthy. I'm not on a little pill. I don't have any health issues. I don't have that. I'm not on medication. None of those things. I haven't had a major situation. I am healthy. I am happy. I am married. I've got children. I've got my own business. And I'm not 50 yet. I'm about to be. And as I, as I touch this milestone, I'm touching it with grace and I'm touching it with a level of elegance that I have been exposed to. And I will always proudly say my age because I love the shock factor. You're what? But if I tell you I'm 21, I don't look 21. I don't look 21. <laughs> you might could pass it. <laughs> but I certainly don't you look You're not trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would not want to be 21 right now. Not at all. Right. Awesome. Well, Jen, it has been. I'm sorry for calling you Jen, but Jennifer, no, I am Jen. Awesome. Jen, Jen. <laughs> Jen. It has been a, a wonderful conversation. Let's talk about that. How can individuals uh, that are listening? Because I, I definitely want anyone listening to this. I want people to explore your uh, products and services. How do, can they get a hold of your products? CocoButtery.com. It is spelled almost like it sounds. Coco like Chanel. C-O-C-O-B-U-T-T-E-R-Y.com. You will find all natural, toxin-free, vegan, cruelty-free skincare for every single age, for every single skin type. It's not just a body butter. You'll find all kinds of things. And then also following us on Instagram, which is CocoButtery underscore, so that you can find out about information about the skin, how to use our products, real people, real feedback, any flash sales, and anytime we're introducing new products. We've got four new products coming um, in the next, uh, I think it's 13 days, 14 days. 
That's awesome. <laughs> now you're on TikTok too, right? Okay, so I don't really say that out loud because I'm not a TikToker, but yeah. <laughs> cocoa buttery. Cocoa buttery. If you Google cocoa buttery, we come up as um, the, I think we take up the whole first page and a, and a portion of the second page of Google. So if you Google cocoa buttery, all of our social medias will come up. Um, some really good five-star reviews and uh, a little bit about our story and the background and the journey. And every day is another step closer to the goal. Another step closer to the vision. Awesome. So I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. Matter of fact, I know you have. This is definitely, you know, we, we see a person who, like she mentioned, excellence, uh, a person who takes pride in what she does. I, it's always been my experience with her. And I'm just just to see where things have gone to this day and just to see a product. I know I ha haven't had a chance to get my hands on that um, on, on, on any of the products yet, but I'm going to get me some because it, just listening to how she uh, talks about it, she backs up what she does. And I'm just so excited to, to see her on this journey, enjoying what she's doing, enjoying the work that she's doing. And again, it's just inspiration to see the grind. Right. There's so many different aspects of the grind. And it all leads, it all comes full circle if you allow it. It can come full circle and it can put you right where you need to be. So what, uh, with that being said, we hope that you tune in next week right here on Behind the Grind. If you get an opportunity, feel free to subscribe, leave us a comment, let other people know if this is your first time hearing Behind the Grind, please let someone know about this podcast. We are definitely talking to entrepreneurs just like Jennifer Jones that are doing some big things. And uh, it's exciting to highlight. It's exciting to talk about it. You know, sometimes we don't get a chance to, to meet the people behind uh, the uh, products and the services. And so this is a platform where we get a chance to really he uh, hear from the people who actually create some amazing products and some great things. So if you get a chance, feel free to subscribe and catch us right here on Behind the Grind.